Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. Joined this week by Pierce. Hey guys. And uh, this week we got a bit of a ramble hodgepodge cast. Yep. We got a couple specific things we want to talk about, but we might talk about a variety of other topics as well. We'll see. Uh, to start out, there's going to be some Doctor Who spoilers here. Yep. There's going to be some Avenger spoilers, and there's going to be some spoilers that the company Apple exists. <laughs> what? <laughs> because we're going to talk about the existence of the company Apple. Yep. Because um, Pierce recently got a job there. Yes. So let's start out with Doctor Who. Uh, series 8 of the new Who, the the restarted Who, not rebooted, but um, of new Who has just started up. We've seen two episodes now from Series 8 with the 12th Doctor, Peter Capaldi. Pierce, what are your thoughts? He's old, definitely. Although not that old, no. quite honestly. I mean, he looks to be, what, like 60 would probably be my guess? 65? Mm, Mid-late 50s, probably. Okay. That that would just be my guess. But spry. Oh yeah, definitely energetic. You know the same, the same energy level. It's not like the original doctors who were like old men and they're like calculated and slow. No, he definitely has the energy that the last several have had. And I would say he kind of strikes me as an old Eccleson. Like he really. I, so and we we'll, we can get a little bit more into it in a bit, but just the tone is a little darker. Like. Eccleston was kind of slated as the one that, like, if he were to use a gun, if any of the doctors were to use a gun, it would probably be Eccleston. He was kind of like the, let's just get it done and then go do something else kind of doctor. And I feel like Capaldi's more on that level. I feel like Capaldi's, if there's one doctor who would use a flamethrower, it might be Capaldi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, not even gun, flamethrower. Exactly. You know, like... You know, the more aggressive, even though he's like, oh, sorry, no soldiers allowed. Which is interesting, given... How I'm per- seeing, perceiving him, I should say. So, what do you what do you think of uh, the first two episodes? I really like them. I like the first one more. Uh, yeah. The first one being deep breath. The second one being into the Dalek or into the In, Daleks. I think it's just into the Dalek. Yeah. Um, I liked. I, should, I really liked the first episode with a few exceptions. We, yeah. we, we just got back from dinner. Pierce took me out to dinner for my birthday, and we talked a little bit. But we tried to keep most of the conversation for this. But I did talk about my major drawback from the first episode was the slapstick sound effects, because there were several moments of, like, spring-boinging sound, <laughs> or comedic thwack, or I think there was even, like, a not a cowbell sound, but there was a couple, like, cla- quote-unquote classic slapstick com- comedy yep. sounds that were so out of place in 2014 to be cringeworthy. Now, see, you watched it a couple more times than I did. I've seen it three times now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't notice any of those when I was listening to it, to be honest with you. I And maybe it was just because I was so excited and everything going on, I didn't get a chance to actually analyze the episode. I certainly but... noticed more the more times I watched exactly. it. There, yeah. there definitely was one or two that even the first time I was like, wait, was that a comedic spring sound when he just <laughs> fell over? Like, what? Yeah, I did, totally did not get that at all. So those felt out of place. Again, not just for Doctor Who, for anything in the last three decades. Yeah. Like, maybe Saved by the Bell, it would feel... 
apropos. If I watched that show at all, yeah. Uh, me neither, to... but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of early 90s schlock. But aside from that, I really, really liked the episode. Okay. I thought the callback to um, the girl in the fireplace from, I guess it was series two of New Who? Uh, it was very early Tenet. It was Tenet, yeah, I don't remember It was remember Tenet, what. Rose, and, and, and Mickey. It was like Mickey's yeah. first like, adventure on the TARDIS. Yeah, so it had to have been two, right? Because three was Martha Jones, and then four was Donna, five, six, seven was Amy Pond, and then Clara. And eleven, and then, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I really love the callback to that episode. I mean, it was subtle, because even I, when the doctor's going, I know I've dealt with this before, I was like, yeah, I know you have too, but I don't know where it was. Yeah. And then in reading stuff about it, I was like, oh, that's obvious. They, the BBC and BBC America oh, really? you, even you, played It was when after. you read after. It was from your readings that you noticed it. That was it? it was the, I heard the Madame de Pompadour thing, but I couldn't place that, it. Okay, I couldn't that place where it was from. Yeah, it's okay. been so long since I've seen that. Um, but then even BBC and BBC in America played that episode right after this one. Yeah. And then played the new one again. I thought that worked really well. They were similar villains, but they weren't exactly the same yep. because they had different histories since they crashed. Mm-hmm. Like, this one's been on Earth for millions upon millions of years. They've become much more clockwork They're and change. fire-based. Well, actually, I think they were less clockwork because the original ones had gears and everything. The original ones had gears, but what I mean by clockwork is the wrong term, but the original ones were, like, very shiny Zero gears robots. inside of a plexiglass head-shaped True. To- this was dome. steel This was head. steel bones, yeah. steel, steel um, bands, and, f- like, there was a flame in the center, like, maybe there were some flywheels being powered by steam, like, That's these true. were very much, like, ancient clockwork versus... Yeah. You know, Shiny and pretty, you know, yeah. These, these were the, um, you know, the old building-sized computers, and the other ones were an, an iPad or something, just in terms yeah. of, like, design aesthetic. Plus, they were dressed up like French dandies. Um, <laughs> I, I like that they were similar and had that callback, but they weren't identical. Like, the, that first episode was much more about the Doctor's relationship with the Madame de Pompadour, whose mm-hmm. name I can't remember. Was it Rosette? I don't remember. Something like that. Um, this was a much more, a very creepy episode. This was yep. one of the scarier Doctor Who episodes I've seen recently. Um, I would the, say, the whole yeah, holding your say breath all, element was, of all time, definitely. I don't know that I'd say the creepiest of all time. I mean, don't blame Okay, and we're not talking classic Who, but I think even within... I would say there's only two episodes that I would say are creepier than that. Um, One, obviously, don't blink, but of course I've seen that enough times, it's not really scary anymore. But it was in the beginning. It was the first time, absolutely. Second being the... uh, The two-parter library episode? Um, that's Devasa Narada is really creepy as well. To me, it was until you saw the very Scooby Doo esque. There were definitely elements of that episode that weren't scary, that but really, there were elements no. that really were. For me, it was the ghost episode. Oh, I know which one you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. the one with the like. Oh wait, so she's not a ghost, but what's this other thing that's <laughs> hunting? And then so that was yeah, that was creepy. There, there are definitely. Creepy episodes mixed in, but this was definitely among... And it was strange to start a new Doctor with a really creepy episode, yeah. I thought. Because um, the first uh, Eccleson episode is the stupid mannequin. plastics, yeah. Which, now that's interesting, because it's... Tens it's, is, a, is, a, is also the plastics, and it's an alien invasion, I think. It, well, yeah, it's a sentient plastic, yeah. So it's interesting, you kind of have mannequins in both. And Eleven is the... 
<laughs> that's that actually there are some ele- creepy elements in the first eleven episode with the actually just razor snake thing. I won I won a bet Prisoner with my girlfriend. Zero. Yeah, and that sort of has like a mannequin thing too as well because it's the dummy, the comatose people, and then the dummy you know outfits. So it's, a little bit, yeah. Uh, but this one was hardcore. Oh, We're yeah. gonna be scary for a lar- for like a thirty minute chunk of this extra long episode. Yep. There were also some really funny things in it, and like we both liked it Capaldi a lot. He's kind of terrifying when he needs to He's be. He's aggressive, yeah. He can be broody when he wants to be. He can also be very funny, but kind of like self-effacingly funny. I think, so as much as Tenet, you know, described him as the, you know, the fury and the all that, and then, oh, you're probably just a bunny. You know, as much as Tenet was that, and he had that calm and collective, you know... He could bring that to the surface if he wanted to. Where I feel like with Capaldi, it's the surface. Exactly. Like, it is It is just there already. And Eleven could, too. I don't know. I can't really think of much... Well, the end of that Prisoner Zero episode. Where he's hour, like... Yeah. Or when he's... So basically... At the Pandorica, well, when he when he's yelling to all the aliens up in the sky. But see, even that wasn't a fury, though. That was just That's a, true. Come on, like... But there are there have been some moments with him where he's when he's when he's giving his warning to the silence um, back in the sixties. Yeah, where you know, like I just turned the entire human race against you in one. Or I just had you turn the human race against yourselves. Yeah. Like there's some moments where he can bring not as much as ten. I would totally because yeah, agree. I was about to say like to me, Smith is the one that would look at the edge of the universe and laugh. Like he's the one that you know at the end of all things can still laugh about it. I think. Especially Capaldi and Tenet would be the much more somber, you know, serious one about it. So, you know, that's that's my view. So let me, let's go back. Let's kind of dissect it a little bit here. Um, new theme. The, the opening theme. Or, yes. or the battle theme. Opening theme. Opening well, theme? also different battle theme, which, yeah. you know, it'll take some time getting used to. But I I'm liked it, though. But I'm emotionally attached to the old battle theme. But so the well, main I don't, theme. I don't think that theme is necessarily going away. Uh, my name, what is it? Uh. My name is the doctor. The name of the doctor. It's something like Whatever, that. Whatever, yeah. That's an amazing theme. I don't think that's necessarily going away. It's just there's this new kind of very fast-paced, action-y theme that comes up a couple times, which is good. Yeah. As for the opening theme, though, I like it. I like it better than the last two. I um, so I, like, I didn't like the the, the tenant or the, not the tenant the Smith ones that much. I really liked the one that started towards the end of of tenant. I think it's like oh seven is the one I have on my phone as a ringtone. started like yeah. the first one for Smith maybe, and it's much darker and heavier and has the drums. Yeah, I, I, that's my favorite. That I I if we're thinking the same one, I agree because that's my ringtone on my phone. I. I like the new opening cinematic because it's different. It's cool, but it it harkens back to the classic stuff. That's exactly it, which is why you got the eyes and the you know, face yeah. in there. So I'm I like that portion of it. I I'm not sold on on the music of it yet. It's it's I, I, different. It's different, but I like it better than the last two. Or okay, three. you know, it's just there was a little bit too much synthy stuff in in the Smith run. Yeah, for that opening theme. This one felt a bit, little bit better, like a synthesis of classic Who and new Who. I think themes. that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, and again, it's all the same song, but it's just how you yeah. arrange it. You know. All right, so that uh, he's, and I feel like this might just be a choice for him, but it feels like each regeneration is less on top of things. It ebbs and it, it ebbs you and can't flows. even really say ebbs and flows though, because. 
You know, there have been previous doctors who have had the same memory loss thing when they started. Okay. I recently watched the TV movie, which is terrible, but that happened eight, there. Right, yeah. Uh, it's seven and eight, yes. It's the same memory loss thing for a while. It happened a little bit with Tenet, a little bit. Where he was out of it. It wasn't so much a mental thing as Tenet it was. just took a nap and woke up and was fine. Like, but he took a long nap. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it had happened memory loss in the past before that. But there was definitely memory loss. Because it, it was like a violent change. A violent uh, regeneration. Yeah. Sudden and violent. So he didn't have a time. I kind of look at it like Hulk and the Avengers. If he changes of his own accord, he's more or less controllable. If, something, star- if something sets him off, he's a raging animal. Okay. You know. That's fair. Alright, so there's that uh, new TARDIS. Also, him being confused was hilarious and heartbreaking at the same time. Well, that's true. Yeah, especially with the New TARDIS, similar to the last one, but it's got like, an easy chair. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's very, it's much more crisp and clean and, like, I think clean the word... Clean dark. I would say the word is refined overall. For, sure. For him, for everything. Yeah, the return of some of the round things. Some of the... <laughs> Uh, I miss round things. But actually, so like I said, I won a bet with my girlfriend and she I made her watch an episode. And she, in the past, had tried because her roommate is a big Doctor Who fan. So in, in all earnestness, she tried. She tried three seasons, which I think is a very fair shot. Three entire seasons? Three entire seasons. Oh, well, yeah. That's, yeah, so that's, that's a, more than due diligence. Exactly. So she, she tried and she couldn't get into it. It wasn't just the Eccleston season three times. <laughs> I hope not. I don't know why anyone would hate themselves enough to do that. But no, so, of course, being first three seasons means she didn't hit Smith. So I she had to watch an episode with me. So I was like, all right, well, then I'll make her watch a Matt Smith episode. So I showed her the first one. The 11th hour. The 11th hour. And it actually made me remember how much I loved his original TARDIS. Because it was it was wacky. It was, you know, turn a hot and cold knob pull a pinball machine lever, you know, all these different kooky things. It was like a toddler's toy with, like, little... Yes. Like a boppet almost. It was, <laughs> it was the boppet. You know, it was it was really kind of wonky, and I really loved that. And that's one of the reasons I love Smith, is that he didn't kind of take anything seriously, which is kind of my favorite part of the whole thing. So, yeah, in comparison, it's not my favorite, but it fits... Capaldi, it fits what they're going for with him. It fits it's, the it's a lot tone. of the design of the um, Snowman episode, like when they introduced yeah. that one with the blues. But it's it's the color palette of the Eccleston Smith V one or not Smith V one uh, Tenet V one version. The very of the gray blue, gray blue, but with the touches of orange. Yeah, um, but darker, like the whole it's, it's lit darker. Yeah. If that makes sense. It sounds like an oxymoron, but it's not. There's less yeah. lighting. It's more focused lighting, at least in these first two episodes. I, I, I like the villains quite a bit. They were creepy. They had their Doctor Who goofiness elements to them. You know, the swords yeah. were a bit floppy. The hand on his, <laughs> on his lapel. Yeah, I, I actually kind of like that touch. But the whole man versus machine, the whole the whole episode is a meta commentary for regeneration yeah. and for the doctor as a person and how that works and how it affects him or you know it as as it regenerates. All very interesting, all very good, all very affecting. Everything from the moment they step into the restaurant till the end of the episode is pretty much fantastic. Yeah, not to say the first half wasn't good, but it's just like. It switches gears, and it just flies for the rest of the episode. Like, it's a good setup and a good payoff. And this is something, and kind of switching gears a little bit here, gears. Um, <laughs> I, I mentioned this at the restaurant. 
I kind of hope that this is it for whatever the, the trio is for a little while. The trio. The trio. The th- oh, oh, the uh, the Paternoster gang. Yes. Which is Vaster, Strax, and Jenny, for anybody exactly. who, who doesn't know. Not because of them, but just because I don't know if they're time-locked or what their deal is. We kind of came to the conclusion it's not them, it's 1890s exactly. London. Exactly. We've seen a lot of 1890s London lately. You know, like it's, almost it's, more than the present day. Well, that's actually the, that's <laughs> the interesting thing is because especially Eccleston and Tennant, it was a lot of present day stuff, and it feels like you know the end of Matt Smith and starting with uh, Clara. Yeah, especially everything with Clara is let's focus on the 1890s instead of present day. And I get it. You build sets. You keep reusing yes. those sets. That those costume, those costuming elements, the design elements, it saves money. It's smart. Yeah. But at a certain point, you're you like, know, yeah, how much can go on in, in the 1890s? Even if it's 1890s America or 1890s France or you know something di- different enough. And I do kind of wish, and I don't know if this is you know Moffat not wanting non Moffat things, but if they had kind of incorporated 1890s Torchwood into it a little bit more. Like that would have been interesting to see. Like, I don't. I don't get the impression it's not so much he doesn't want to include that because it's not his, so much as he doesn't want to screw it up because it's not his. Well, that's nothing to screw up right now. But like, I mean, it's Davy's baby, and if Davy's wants Davey's to deal with baby. it, if Davy's wants to deal with it, it's 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 his thing. It's almost you know entirely his thing, as opposed to who, which has been the Everyone's, babies of many yeah. people for fifty years now. Torchwood was mostly Davies, so I I, I haven't can, been invited to that party. I'm not going to crash it. I can respect that with, say, Harkness. Like I understand, you know, letting the face of Bo go to rest. But you know, as Torchwood as a whole, I feel like that has been given enough substantialness. Just like what's wasn't it Torchwood with the episode with the bomb and the aliens, like. Oh, you're copycat aliens? I just scrambled all your memories. Oh, no, that was the 50th. I forgot about that. It was the whole subplot of the 50th. That was the, um... Torchwood was mentioned there. Yeah, I thought they were in Torchwood. But it was also, it was Unit. It was Unit, Which okay. is much older yeah, than no, you're right. since you're absolutely the right. 70s, I think. Yeah. And isn't Torchwood, like, a subset of Unit, or they're completely their Separate own? Separate things. Okay. That's another reason. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, nothing against Tor- Torchwood. The first I two seasons. I kind of do. I have issues with. I do. Children of Earth is fantastic. That's what I hear. And, uh, what's the other one? Miracle Day? Miracle Day is pretty darn good. I hear it It went dark with Miracle Day. It went super dark. And there's some, there's some things where it's stretched out a bit far, I think, where it should have yeah. been... If it had been as concise as, as um, Children of Earth, I think it would have been as good. But here's my thing. It, because, like you're saying, it's similar to Unit. It's similar to... There's a couple other groups as well. At a certain point... It's not even just revisiting the Torchwood well, but you're revisiting a well of a bunch of different similar organizations. Well, and, I feel like there's only two of them. And there have been... No, there are others. I can't think of the names off the top of my head, but Torchwood has... There's been so much Torchwood over since in New Who. That's The bringing back Unit A makes a lot of classic Who fans very happy, but also mixes things up a little bit. That's true. They do something very similar to Torchwood, but they're not Torchwood. Well, yeah, Torchwood is the rogue, you know... I don't want to say Avengers, but units, the military version of that. It's like shield and sword or, you know, where they do 90% the same things, but there's also that 10% that's their own purview. But I would say it'd be more like shield Avengers 
you know, you have the government, then you have the, you know, side organization. Or more like Secret Avengers, really. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, so, we get to the end of the episode. The Doctor has either killed the villain, yep. or he has talked the villain into committing suicide. Either way, super dark. Not revealed. Pro- Maybe revealed later. I don't think is it, it, frankly, is it quite matters. Is it kind of suicide? I mean, I guess it's a sentient being. It's sentient enough. Yeah. He, he either destroys it, or he convinces it to destroy itself. Yeah. How about that? Um, and then the whole, the, the robot, the android has been talking about trying to, trying to reach the promised land. We are trying to reach the promised land. And I love the doctor's whole diatribe about, yeah, yeah, me too, but I'm not going to make it either, you know? (laughs) And then he wakes up in heaven, according to the other character who's there. Missy. A a woman, at least seems to be female. all the eyeshadow. (laughs) Um, in kind of 1890s Victorian era-esque dress, possibly. Kind of furthering the whole 1800s thing. In a garden that is set up exactly like the interior of a TARDIS. Says, says you. Says me and a lot of other people online. Look at some, look at some screenshots of the way that garden is decorated. It's got the central control console. It's got the round things. It's... Alright, it's got the round... Now, yeah. they've used that garden before in a previous episode, like way back with Rose, but from diff- shot in a different way, and it's a real garden. With Rose or with River? Because I feel like that was a River. Um, I actually don't remember. It might have okay. been. I might just have my R's confused. But this character introduces herself as Missy, says, you've made it, it's the promised land, it's heaven, congratulations, would you like tea? Or I think tea is actually the second tea's episode. Tea's the second one. But she's like, did my boyfriend hurt you? He can be so so aggressive sometimes. And she's actually the one who brings up the point. Did he push you or did you jump? It was kind of hard to see. Yeah. So. And she also says that she likes the Scottish accent. She might just keep it. Yeah. So who is this Missy? My theory, and it's a theory, it's one of those theories where you go, oh, I bet it's this, and then you go on Reddit and you see a lot of people think Everyone it's that. Everyone it's that. It's not original, it's just in the zeitgeist. But I'm pretty sure Missy is the master. Missy, mistress, mistress, master. It makes sense. It would be the one of the, the less subtle, like, Missy, you know... I agree, but I think it would be cool having a female master, which we've never had before, as be far as different. I know off the top of my head. Um, it could be the Ronnie, who's a time lady, who's previously extant, and did date the Doctor for a while, more or less. Um, it could be a future version of River. Yep. It, and now, people will be pro- people who know Doctor Who would go, but that's, River's that's, dead yeah. and doesn't have regenerations. Well, my point of the whole thing... Shut up. River's that, not dead. <laughs> River is has no regenerations. Yes. My point to Pierce in the restaurant was, well, here's the thing. Doctor had no regenerations. The Time, Lord gave, Time yeah. Lords gave him some. And they'd previously done that to the Master in the past as well. But, hey, I know I've been a dick in the past, but you should totally give me regeneration because I'm your only hope right now. Yeah, okay, sure, you've tried to murder all of us, but sure, we'll give you regenerations, why not? Because that makes consistency sense. Uh, they don't like the doctor either, so it was more that yeah, he'll stop the doctor keep him occupied. But, so the Time Lords send extra regenerations through the crack in time on Trenzalore. Yeah. Here's my thought. I didn't think it was the, the crack in time, I thought they were just like there. They were on the other side of the crack. That's where it was a crack between the universe. Oh, it was the crack? I thought they... No, that's right. No, it was Dalek ships that were there. Never mind. There was everybody's ships were there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but my thought is, okay, yes. It would be easy for them to go, we are sending these generations through whatever... Regenerations through whatever process they're using to specifically the Doctor. But if you think he's the only Time Lord there, you probably wouldn't be as careful. A, this needs to be done now. And B... 
it's not like anybody else is going to be able to use these if we just send them out into the ether. But the Doctor's not alone. The Master is dead, but who cares because who that doesn't really matter. Was, yeah. River's out there. So those regenerations could have been... See, like, he might have gotten most of them, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they go, yeah, but they got some as well. True. Maybe just Jenny by nature of being... Yeah, Jenny. Could be. I doubt they'll bring back Jenny. <laughs> um, it's been too long at this point. But, so that, that's my thought. It could be her. Second episode, we have kind of a... Uh, I keep wanting to say journey into mystery. The Fantastic Voyage. Yep. Uh, not parody, but homage in shrinking down a submarine and sending it into yeah. a dying body to do medical work. Except the body is a Dalek. And they have very convenient walkways. And it's Vod from Fresh Meat is one of the soldiers, which is like, it's Vod from Fresh Meat. That's awesome. Uh, Zoe Ashton. Oh. Okay. Uh, the main female soldier. Not the one who sacrifices herself. Yeah, I figured, yeah. Uh, the Doctor, Clara, go in. They... They find a good Dalek, but is it a good Dalek? Is it damaged by radiation? It's all a sun being born. Also, I do or... want to throw something out there really interestingly. Episode, the first episode had a very strong, like, Clara, I'm not your boyfriend, which was a very interesting comparison to Missy, who's like, oh, my boyfriend. Oh, and we didn't even talk about the Eleven cameo. Yeah, well, that's Which true. was heartbreaking. The awesome. heart-wrenching, like, oh, is it, is it me? Yeah, it's me. Oh, you're old. <sighs> so Tell me I'm not gray. <laughs> Um, and the soldier sacrifices herself to let the doctor win. Whose name we're supposed to remember, and I'm sure we'll come back in yeah, later I just don't know in the season. Head. And then she explodes and ends up in heaven with Missy having tea. Yeah. So this is going to be a continuing plot thread. Obviously. I'm interested to see where it goes because now we have one villain and one not really villain. She wasn't. She she wasn't like a. She was a hero in the moment. She was also opposing the doctor at times, or her people were. But not because they hated the doctor. Just they're like, we're military people doing military And we things. have to keep our stuff secret because exactly. otherwise the war will be lost. I'm very interested to see where that plot line goes. I like the new character of Danny Pink. I'm assuming he'll be brought in either as a reason for Claire to leave because we've been yeah. hearing rumors that she's going to be done after the season or partway through the season or as a new companion for the doctor, which would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, the first, yeah, strong, strong male from the start, I should say. Because Rory... Rory Got he, awesome. he, he became that. He he got awesome, but he was, you know, he was Rory. Like, there's not really much you can say about Rory. And Danny is an ex-soldier dealing with PTSD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> His conversation was fantastic. How long have you been staying there? Longer than when you would like. like. Yes. Uh, in general, I like the second episode not as much as the first. It felt more like just a standard Doctor Who episode, which is fine. All the green screen, all the time. <laughs> It had cool elements, it had goofy elements, it was an episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. You know. Um, it didn't blow me away like the first one did, but not that many episodes do. The ones that do make it worth sitting through the yeah. just average Doctor Who episodes. That's actually my girlfriend's complaint, is that so many of the bad guys are just eh and not worth it. Like, why why watch the rest of the show when you're just going to get the same like bad the guys? Like the Rastaflax of Flanarians? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> or whatever they, whatever you spell that. <sighs> Yeah, I forgot about that. The Slavine family is from. I'm so glad they have not brought them back. They were the ugliest, literally baby-faced. Ugh, they look like things. green ETs. With baby faces. Creepy yeah. baby faces. So do we have anything else to say about Doctor Who before we move on to the next topic? No, not really. So real quick, let's talk about Avengers. Cool. I just caught you up on New Avengers and Avengers. Yeah, which this I still need building, to go back and read. This will but... be building off of our bonus episode after episode 70, talking with Kevin about uh, the incursions and all that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the developments? Cap traveling through time. Still nonsensical. Still nothing makes sense. No, it made perfect sense. 
You okay. haven't read it. Still, I pointed you to some of the bullet points, but you haven't read it. Yeah, but still, like, would you say thing? You have a fuller picture, or you're still just as confused? No, I'd say I have a very full picture, especially by the end. Really? Like, okay. Kang and Amortis and Iron Lad pretty much spell out. So this is why it's been happening. This is how it works, and this is what you need to do. Okay. And then Cap says, "Screw you! I'm going home." <laughs> okay. No, he gave a really good speech, and they said they don't care, which was awesome. Was such a His good speech was also great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Them saying nobody here cares after he just gave yeah. this page long model, and then like awesome. almost a full page of nothing, and then they're like nobody here cares. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, all right. Um, the New Avengers finally destroy a planet, or at least Namor does, yeah. and they all get weepy and decide we're just all going to die. And so Namor saves the day, and uh, with the help of a bunch of supervillains. Yeah, which I'm a little surprised Doom isn't there. He's going to be in, like, the next issue of Avengers or New Avengers, but it, he won't be working with them, it doesn't look like. He will not be Like, he'll be working with, with the Avengers against the Cabal, oh, really? probably. That's at least the impression I get. You know, will the, will the Avengers stand against the Cabal? Like... Who knows? On what grounds? Like... You're blowing up worlds, and we're self-righteous. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But in general, from what I've shown you of the books, especially that Doctor uh, Doctor Strange annual, which was gorgeous, um, are you liking... You were very trepidatious about the angle of them fighting the Great Society. You brought up a bunch yeah. of points that then Hickman went, yeah, I'm bringing up those points too. Not that he was replying directly to you, because yeah. he hadn't heard that episode. Maybe, maybe he did. <laughs> but, you know, it went into every concern you had was pretty much addressed by Hickman. Yeah. And either showing you which characters agree with it, which disagree with it, or showing you why it would or wouldn't work, or showing you them trying and failing, or it just didn't work in the right way, and then having Cat be awesome, and smarter forces saying we don't care, yeah. you know? Cat being Cap. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. It's, you know, it's, it's Hickman, and I think this is something, I mean, I don't know if we're close to the end. May. May is the end. May is the end. Do, is the I mean, is the assumption we know what caused it, like, because May seems like a very soon time to find out what those giant pink tentacles were. It's eight months. Okay. To, to find out what caused it, you know, is it going to be some really stupid callback that's going to annoy Think about how quickly Hickman wrapped up his F4 slash FF run. Like, it was 40 issues of the setup. And then, like, five solid issues of just the most amazing things you've ever seen, tying yeah. up every single loose end and plot thread from the entire 40, 50 issues, whatever it was, ahead of that. And then, like, five yeah. log issues. Well, that I mean, were also and I awesome. think, and I think that's, that is. His, his writing, for lack of a better phrase, is like sex. <laughs> Where, no, no, when you think about it, like, 40 issues of setup and then five issues of, you know, the actual thing is kind of like, you know, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, But the, the five issues of Climax yeah. are worth it because of the 40, 50 issues of Setup. And I will never say they're bad, but I almost feel like, personally, I'd rather say, you know, the last huge cosmic event. Well, I don't know if it was the last huge cosmic event, but I mean, Cancerverse and all that. Which, oh, Thanos Imperative. Thanos Imperative. Like, that was, there wasn't much build up to that as much as it was like four years of build up okay as much as I meant for the event itself it wasn't like the event the fault had been there and had been in concern since I believe midway through Annihilation Conquest okay so you had Annihilation Annihilation Conquest yes. 
then Guardians and Nova start up. Uh, War of Kings and Realm, Realm of Kings. Kings yep. Secret Invasion was in there. Um, I think those are all the ones that dealt with space. And well, then Planet Thanos Hulk. Don't forget Planet, Planet Hulk didn't Hulk. play into it at all, though. It does a little bit in that cheap, cheap... I hate the fact that they're like, oh, he didn't beat a Black Bolt. That was a scroll. I'm like, that's bullcrap. He beat a Black Bolt. Um, I'm, the event itself was... Yeah, lo- the event itself was longer than, say, you know, five issues. It was eight, I believe. And, you seven, know... I think there was seven and there was a... With, a pre- with tie-ins associated with that. Like, the whole Actually, Fantastic Four was just those five issues. Well, Were because, there tie-ins? Because Guardians was done by then, Nova was done by then. Um, there may have been a tie-in or two, but I think I'm it was, I think sure it was there a, were a prologue issue... The event and an, and an epilogue issue. Okay, because I'm I pretty sure... For, for Realm of Kings, for War of Kings, for all that, there was plenty of time. Well, that's not true. Guardians was not done by that point. It could not have been, because how else would Thanos get over there? With the Guardians. That all happened in, in the Thanos Imperative. Yes. Right. But the Guardians run of 25 issues finished, and then Thanos Imperative started, like, the next week or the next month. It was, like, to be continued in the Thanos Imperative. All right, I had to go back and look, because we'll have to look that up. But all right, <laughs> I really have, you know, I just feel like the actual payoff being a lot longer of an event and story. I don't know, I, I, I trust Hickman, and we'll see. But that's just, I'm just wondering, you know, we have so much set up, so many questions. I mean, there's eight months left, which means uh, 24 issues, approximately, approximately, between the two books. So it's still... Only one issue of, of regular Avengers, right? Because the other issue is his uh, world. Uh, I forget what they revealed this recently, but his deal with Marvel is basically for the next, I think it's three years total, is his going to be his Avengers run. It's, it's something about that. Oh, well then... It's, it's something ar- around okay. that. But from beginning to when it ends, it'll be about three years. It's 36 issues a year, split up between the two books in however way Hickman sees fit. Okay. For Does the- that... Has so that 36 so far, issues per year. Has that so far years. counted World? No. Okay. No, that's World Nick Spencer. Okay, well, I didn't know if it counted in, because they were doing, you know, two... They were doing two Avengers for a while, and then that faded off into Avengers and Avengers World, and then New Avengers. But New Avengers became double-shipped for a while. When Avengers went single-ship, New Avengers went double. Did it? Okay. I think there might have been, like, one or two months where that wasn't true. Like, maybe when Avengers World very first started, but then New Avengers has been double-shipping for the last couple months. Has it? Okay. It's been, like, every other week. It's like, there's another one already? This is awesome, because it's moving at a breakneck speed right now. Well, especially because for for how long it was like, oh, in about three months you'll get another New Avengers. No, it was always monthly. It might, there might have been a couple times where it was five weeks. But I'd say, it felt a lot longer than just yeah. the four, so. There's very few delays between, between any of it. Like, every once in a while, a week or two. But that was it been very very well paced in terms of release schedule okay so there's our avengers update still yep. awesome still yeah Do, still good i i appreciate more than anything because you even though i disagree with many of your opinions on it not because i think yeah. you're an idiot or something even though i disagree ideologically on them i respect that they are legitimate points to be discussed and hickman is all about doing that the fact that he has discussed pretty much every yeah. single point you or I brought up in the episodes we've talked about it previously in the last month or two, I think speaks to, he's doing exactly what I want him to do. Might not be what every reader wants him to do, but it's what yeah. I want him to do. Uh, well, let, yeah, let me, let me ask you then. Do you, 
do you side with Namor right now? Like, do you support what he and the Cabal are doing? It's. I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily say that I support their methods because I don't know what their methods are yet. We've seen them taking down one planet, but we don't know any of the details of that. Do I support what they're doing in terms of saving everyone, letting a few people die to save everyone? Because if you save those few people, then everybody dies, including those people. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. Could you press the button? Yes, hundred percent. Not, not, no hesitation in my mind. Because if I don't press the button, the people whose lives I'm quote-unquote saving by not pressing the button will die three minutes later because I didn't push the button. Or I could save everyone except those few people. And, well, first off, don't, don't save few people. Don't. I can save trillions. Well, not even beyond trillions. Quadrillions. Oh, yeah. In the long run, yeah. A universe of people. Quadrillions, if not quintillions of, of sentient beings by not saving a few billion. By murdering how many quatillion more? Well, it depends how many times you have to do it. But every time you do it again, you've just saved, again, another quintillion Well, the idea lives. is that you're going to have to do it until the universe ends. Or until you're Theoretic, the Or until you can figure out a way to stop it. Yeah. But that's my... I don't know that Namor and his group are even worried about stopping no, it. No, I don't or think they are. they're just they worried are. about destroying... Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I'm interested to see. But in terms of Namor being the only one of that group with the balls to do what they set out to do in the first place, which is, if we can't that, fix it, yeah. we will save our lives, and the lives of people in two entire universes... Which, to be fair, proved Cap right, honestly. Oh, yeah. Which, I never yeah. disagreed that Cap was... Cap saying, but you'll eventually push that button. I never disagreed that they wouldn't eventually push that button. I disagreed that that was a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, 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 I'm not saying it's a good thing that, that you know, seven billion people are going to die every time they push that button. Beyond, again, beyond seven but billion. But those seven billion well, no, people wait, 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 will wait. die. Wait, wait, wait. Let me make sure I get this clear. They destroy that Earth. Does that... If they destroy that Earth, both universes survive. The universes survive. Okay. So they're saving every sentient life form in two entire universes by not saving seven billion. Okay. Seven billion that would die if they did nothing anyway. It's a Sophie's choice. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's good to sacrifice seven billion people, but I'm saying... You're not in that sense. Yes, you are pushing the button, but if you look at it on a grander scale, you are not killing seven billion people. Well, you know, you, are you know what the only right them. answer is: haul everyone off of Earth and blow it up from our universe. But that doesn't stop the overall problem. No, you're right. It All those other universes still die; they just crash into other universes. Yeah. So it's not the right choice. But it's, it's pretty much taking us out of the equation. It's taking your ball and going home, while the two other teams murder each other. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I'd say that's possibly the most evil option. <laughs> Why? You're saying I'm not going to deal with this. So okay. I'm so instead of the least bloody option, I'm not going to fix the problem. I'm going to pretend. No, no, it not exist. saying don't try to fix the problem. But if you've once they've separated themselves from the incursions, I don't even know if they can fix the problem. I mean, why? I mean, it's sci-fi, so you yeah, can always I mean, find a way. Why are they going to be able to if they're part of the incursions? Like you know, because at least that allows them to travel to the other universes easily. I guess, And get more yeah. information and more prisoners. But it's also Richard who can do whatever the heck he wants because science. Um, <laughs> Have we ex- uh, expanded? I'm about to say, I think that's, yeah. Expanded. Expanded is not the right term. Exhausted. Exhausted, thank you. So let's talk Apple. Yeah. Pierce, you're not an Apple guy, but you're no, about to be I an Apple guy. Not. Yeah, I kind of sort of have to. I think... Um, so, set this up. Yeah. You're a PC slash Android guy. I have a Zune. 
Yeah, you've had multiple <laughs> Zooms. We've talked about this in the past. You have an Android. Yep. You have PCs. I do have an iPad. You do. I was going about yeah. that. You do have an iPad. Exactly. Yeah. And that's pretty much, as far as I know, the only Apple product you've ever owned. I did have one of the old brick iPods. Oh, like back in the day, like the 120 gig suckers. So yeah. like seven years ago, then it would. Oh, be. a long while back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But aside from that, you haven't used. You haven't used OS X really. Nope. Um, Other than what you've shown me. But you know iOS 7 and I guess you had like 6 before that, right? I actually never had 6. Oh, Um, so you went from like 5 to... Yeah, no, I had 5 and then I just never updated ever and then 7 came out and then it automatically did it and I was very annoyed. So, because I lost everything. I was like, oh, this is is cool. Alright, I mean, I guess these are cool features and everything, but I kind of like things the way they were. Alright, whatever. Yeah, so that's about the extent of my experience. So you never had an iPhone, you never had a Mac. You know, my Not sister... even like an old Apple II. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was always into them IBM compatibles. So Did you ever have a... What was, the, what was the gaming console Apple put out? Oh, I can't remember the name of it. I don't even know. It was like the Filbert or something. That's not what it was called. <laughs> it was some stupid thing like that. It crashed and burned. It, it did not work well. This was like in 1994. Or and that was the last time I tried gaming, so... Except for now when they... Well, apps and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the biggest gaming platform in the world, pretty much. Yeah. I, I would... Yeah. Most lucrative, I believe. Like, dollars spent on gaming, I think it actually is the biggest. Well, one. yeah, because you get a free game and then you spend $100 on gems in that game. You know, so, what are you going to do about that? Money's money. <sighs> it bothers me. Anyway, so yeah, that is, you know, and even now with my iPad, I used to read a lot on it, you know... I used to do more that way. Used to get comics because you can do that. But honestly, now I only use it for board games occasionally because they do have really good board games on there. But it's either that or what's called War Room, which is the app for War Machine, and that's really all I use it for. So we use yeah. it for when we podcast sometimes as our Google machine. Well, that's true. Yes, either that or my computer. But yeah, everything else has been PC in my life. So that's and definitely not politically correct. I'm not very much on that, but. But PC yet, or Android. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, your dad has a Linux computer. You don't have much experience <sighs> with Linux, though, right? My dad has a dual-booted computer, uh, just because he also does the... So my dad works for the state of New Jersey, and he's the manager in the office he's in. But he also, being the manager, does the, the tech and security portion of that. So he knows Linux, he knows, you know, the basics of all that. So, But you don't have much experience no, with it. No, I don't. Neither do I. Yeah. I am a Mac guy. Yes. I grew up on PCs, had them till five years ago, basically. Um, my sister's, a friend of mine and a friend of my sister's who just recently married my sister, came into my trial one week with his new computer, which was a MacBook, not a Pro, this was a 13-inch MacBook before they made all of them Pro. I was about to say, before the Pro and the Air. It's like yeah, six so years ago. And it was, I was about to start law school, and I was thinking about getting a laptop, and I was like, you know, I've never used a Mac before, really. I had an iPod. I had an iPod Touch. No. Did I have an iPod Touch at that time? I did not have an iPod Touch at that time. I had an iPod. I'd had an iPod photo that I bought, like, two months before <laughs> the iPod video came out. Not the best decision I ever made. Except I did like the iPod photo quite a, little, quite yeah. a bit. Um, I'd had those brick iPads or iPods for a while, and and he brought this Mac in. And I was like, you know, I hear things about him, but I've never used one. Yeah, I've been a PC guy, you know, not by choice really. That's just what my parents bought. We our first computer was a Tandy, 
um, <laughs> green, you know, just green yeah. images on a black screen. Um, I one time typed one comma two comma up to like ten thousand. Um, Were you really bored? <laughs> I was like six. <laughs> I, my parents liked the fact that I was at least learning to type and counting. <laughs> And then we had a dot matrix printer that I printed all these numbers out. <laughs> um, and we had one game that was a <laughs> that was a Space Invaders clone called Demon Attack. <laughs> and my parents, being very conservative religious people, took a piece of masking tape and put it over the four and a half inch floppy. By the way, this is how old a computer we're talking about. <laughs> They put that over the label and wrote Space Invaders, despite the fact that the boot screen said Demon Attack. <laughs> um, so I did those two things, pretty much. Okay. That was my computer experience until we got a computer with Windows 98 Beta 3. I don't know how that happened. Wow. Then we eventually downgraded to Windows 95, because <laughs> Beta 3 was, like anything else, Windows, terrible. Um, was on 95 for years, went to XP, was on XP for like five, six years. I know XP pretty well, actually, because having to fix a problem or 20 yeah. every single day means you know I how... I did not have that works. many problems with XP or... Vista. I have three younger sisters and two computer, fairly illiterate parents well, using the computer yeah. I was about well. to say, my dad's always been computer literate, and yeah, so that's really never been a problem. So I had to fix everyone's problems, which is why now that I'm a Mac guy, because I use Matthew's laptop, loved it, found it super easy to get it to understand, bought when I have not looked back since, now that my parents have moved on to... 8, I guess it is, Windows 8, I can thankfully now go, I literally have no idea how to fix that. You are on your own. I am not going to fix it because I don't understand it. 8 is, eight is garbage. 8 is, I, yeah, I can't, I can't even. But so now I have, when I bought that, I got a free iPod Touch with that. I think that was the, really? it was like the back to school deal at the time. Okay. And now that I think they do like $100 Apple gift card, like okay. iTunes gift card. But back then they used to do iPod Touches. Um, now I have my iPhone 5. Yeah. I've still got that 5-year-old laptop. That well, you had a 4, right? And then you got a 5? No, what did you have before the 5? I had a terrible Android. Oh, no, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That awful piece of garbage. Now pretty much everything I use, I do have an Xbox. That's the one Microsoft thing I still use. Yeah. Which also means it's the one thing in my life that also crashes still. Um, <laughs> now, you don't have Apple TV, right? I don't. Okay. No, I don't watch much TV, so there'd be no reason for me to do it, really. I mean, you Netflix a lot. Yeah, but that goes right through my Xbox. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you know, that's the... You go... Instead of going Apple TV, you go Hulu, you go Netflix, you know. Yeah, I mean, if I want to watch something through iTunes, I just watch it on my laptop. Yeah. Which still, five years later, works like a dream, except for the fact that I spilled 32 ounces of water on it. Yeah. And now it has to be plugged into work. It doesn't run off the battery. I could replace the battery. I'm just cheap and lazy. And I don't go out much, so... Oh, let me... I will say, my, my one experience with the iPod video, which... You know, was still the brick, but just played video. And it was a lot smaller brick. It, it was a smaller brick, that's true. Was actually on the flight home from Ukraine, right? So granted, I was exhausted during you the You a mission strip or something, right? Yeah, I was teaching English over in Ukraine, right? So my friend had The Departed on it. <laughs> and so and so we're watching The Departed. Great movie, by the it's way. It's a fantastic movie. Except it was so tiny, I couldn't tell the difference between DiCaprio and who's the other lead. Um, it's not Matt, Affleck. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. And so halfway through the movie, I'm like, hold up. Is he cheating on his girlfriend with his girlfriend? <laughs> I'm really lost right now. And then we had to, like, go back and be like, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, all right, we're good. They're two different people. They're, they're, yeah. So suddenly the movie made a lot more sense. But that was that was pretty much my experience. You know, I've kind of filled with my sister's iPhone, having an iPad, it's pretty much the same thing. 
you know, but for the most part, yeah, no, I'm kind of the opposite. I stayed away from Apple products just because, and I, I video game a lot less, but specifically back when I was getting my own computer and everything, and when I was getting a laptop for college and all those different things. You played a lot of Steam games. I played a lot of games, and it's gotten better, but during that time, it was there was really no Apple gaming support at all. Not so, really. I mean, there were games that worked on there, it's just not nearly the same selection. Exactly. Um, so, that's kind of why I always stayed away from it. That, and it does tend to have... It gears towards user-friendly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, which also, you know, draws in certain types of people. You know, old people. Um, people who like things to work. People... And people, don't have the time or wherewithal to learn coding to fix some stupid security problem. Well, I, be, beyond that, and I, I, I will say this once, because, no, I've seen... I was, I was tentative on the iPad. So when the iPad was really hitting the market, I think it was back in 10... Uh, because I was living in Seattle at that point. And my real first introduction of someone using an iPad actually won me over to the, the realm of possibilities that an iPad can have. Because I've... Uh, an iPad separated from tablets in general? Um, or just tablet Tablets in general, general, because it was really the first tablet. I mean, there were it others... It was the first mass-market tablet that caught on. There was, <laughs> there was touchscreen laptops and stuff like that, but it was really the first... It yeah. wasn't a Palm Pilot anymore. Well, that's very true. No stylus. Um, and I saw what it was able to do when my friend who was tetraplegic, you know, was able to use that. Was able to have more functionality in writing. The difference between tetra and paraplegic would be... I'm, uh, I'm sorry, and quadriplegic. Quadra, quadra, you, you can't move. Tetra is you have... Ability to move your arms, but no, not a full uh, range of control. Not full motor control. Exactly. But you, you have can't, limited motor control. And you can't really do anything with your hands. They can move, but you can't use you them. You don't have the dexterity. Exactly. Okay, so. Okay. sure. I've, I've never really heard that term before, but I just wanted to... Um, yeah, so he could, like, you know, use his knuckles to type. He could do those kind of things. And it allowed him so much more freedom in what he was able to do. And I saw that as a huge realm of potential. The flip side of that is I get people who come into my store need to print a label. You currently work for a shipping store. Yes, I can, I can say UPS. I mean, the, oh, I think you have. Even. UPS stores, they're all over the place. I work at a UPS store. And a lot of people come in, they need to print off a label. I'm like, all right, let me take you over this computer that we have set up for people to get on and be able to use, you know, to get their email and everything, print stuff. And they're like, well, how do I get to my email? You expect me to know what to do? I'm like, yes, I do expect you to know how to pull up a browser, and then I expect you to know what your internet password is, you know, for your for your email, and not get mad at me when I don't know what your email password is, you know. So but it's not like they don't need to know exactly those same things for Mac. But I like the process for doing those those steps is ninety nine percent identical, but it's not. It really is because you click you, the iPod, you click the icon for whatever browser you use. But see, the thing is, people don't use that. They have their mail synced up, like even on my iPad. Oh, I some have, people do. I, I have my Gmail synced up. Like oh, I do have my, my I do have my Gmail synced up exactly my, on my phone, but I don't have it on my laptop. I just use oh, Gmail. See, see, my mom who only has an iPad, she doesn't have a computer, has um, you know her Yahoo Mail app just synced up, and she never has to log into it. You know, so and because when I was telling that story at home. Um, my mom was like, you know, uh, my dad and I were even said to my mom, like, would you know what's your password? She goes, 
and she had to stop and think. She's like, yeah, I think I think so, yes. You know, so it's it's actually fairly common these days for people not to know how to use a browser, how to use any of that. And I don't want to blame... But that's always been true. These are just people who wouldn't have any access to email if it wasn't for the fact that there's now a user-friendly way to do it. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and I don't want to put that blame solely on... You know, Apple products, I'm sure they're... Because, let me put it this way, my mom wouldn't know how to do it either, and she has barely ever used an Apple product. Okay, alright, that's that's fair. I can. Just... I think we had to rename Chrome or Firefox or whatever it was. First off, we had to hide the Internet Explorer icon because it had the word Internet in it, and we had to <laughs> change the name of Chrome or Firefox, whichever one it was, to Internet. So she would use that. Because after the, you know, tenth time we wiped the PC for viruses or whatever, you know. Internet. I like that. So, you know, so I've seen... And Ellen's not a stupid person. No, no, she's, she's definitely completely not. completely computer illiterate. Exactly. And so so let me say, I have seen the potential that, you know, specifically the iPad and things like that can bring, and I've seen the, the difficulties and the flip side of that, the, the problems that it can cause. So I've kind of seen the realm of it. Um, but this is interesting because of something you told me the other day, which was... I got a job! At... Apple. The Apple Store. Yes. So, uh, you're not going to be... Uh, well, let me put this... Are you, are you a genius at the Apple Store? No. So... Can I, you say the full sentence? Uh, no. I'm, I cannot, <laughs> and I will not. No, I will tell you, I'm a specialist. Because I'd like the name of this episode to be Pierce is Not a Genius. <laughs> or, it's official, Pierce, Pierce is, is Not, not a, a Genius. genius. No, uh... A genius is actually a specific position in the store. Yes. Uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, it's not like anyone that works at the Apple Store is a genius. It is their tech position. It is the people who are there specifically for you have an issue, you have a problem, yeah. something broke, or you just don't know how to do something. They know the ins and outs or yeah. know the right places to look for the answer to be like, oh, you just click this, click that, click this, or we re- we'll replace this part yeah. for you or whatever. And let me say that it also for the legitimate problems. So, you know, people come in, have questions, have some software troubleshooting issues. You know, most people in the store can help with that and will help with that. Yeah, oh yeah. But it's for the, you know, seriously gone wrong stuff. You know, they have to crack open the, the iMac kind of thing. So Every time I've had any issue, like the time I spilled 32 ounces yes. of water on my laptop, they were the people I brought the laptop to for them to go, okay, this is the problem, this is the problem, this is how we fix it, you know, this yeah. is what your Apple Care covers, and bing, bang, boom, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, so let me explain... Um, I, I applied on a whim. I, you know, a friend of mine started working there. His cousin works in the same store, you know, friends with the cousin and I heard they're hiring. So I, I, on a whim, right. And I got an email saying, Hey, next week come to a, an, a group interview. And I was like, all right, sure. So I went, this and, store for various reasons is hiring a bunch of new people. Yes. And actually it was technically for two stores. Cause we have two stores probably within what, 15 minutes of each other. Possibly. I've never actually been to the one you're working at. I've been at the other okay. one. Okay. Um, and then also, I think there were a couple of people for the AC store as well. At least there were people from the AC store there that are employees. So I went, and they it was it was a little bit of you know introduction to the Kool Aid. You know, here's here's why Apple's great and whatnot. Here, here's why you should want to work here. Exactly. Um, but what, what I thought was very interesting was they didn't emphasize the product as much as the people. So, like, initially, the woman that was given the, the first little lecture was like, you know, I got started at Apple, a friend recommended that I should work there, and I was like, Apple? Like, the computer place? Like... 
I, the record label, the <laughs> bottom jeans. Like, I'm, I'm like, I think I have an iPod. I don't really know how to use it. And she's like a manager in one of the stores, you know. So even this even is a fine rectangle. <laughs> this is a fine rectangle. Oh, that's great. Um, no, no, wonderful. This is a wonderful <laughs> rectangle. Oh, I got to find headphones like his too. <laughs> but uh, basically, it was all about the the people, the community, the environment that they create, and that's what they really emphasized. Um, and if you've ever been in an Apple store outside of say the Christmas Rush, yeah. It's like the best store you could possibly be in, even if you don't like particularly or in, if even if you're not particularly interested in Apple, it's just a bunch of nice people who were there to help you. Yeah, you know, and from, and sell you products. Oh yeah, but in the nicest way possible. But also, yeah, again, to create and further the community, and that is one. That's if I, well, I'm assuming I will become sold on Apple, but what will sell me on Apple is less the product and more. Exactly, the community. The, the ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. You know, because I you know, I know enough about computers. One of the girls talking, and I hope I, I don't get anyone in trouble for this at all, but one of the girls that was speaking was like, you know, I've been there for three years, I still don't know the difference between i5 and i7 processors. And I was like... And that's something that the average person would. One's a little faster. Yeah. Like, do you need to know about bridges and cooling implements and, you know, splitting up the processes? I mean, I know a little bit of it, enough to know yeah. that I don't know much. But, you know, that's not really something the average, even person working in an Apple store would need to know. You know, and... Seven's better than five. That's <laughs> about it. Like, seriously. Two more eyes. So, you know, yes. And I think that kind of speaks, again, to what they're going for and what's the most important thing. They want a computer that anybody can use. Yes. That's your, you know, tetraplegic friend, that's your mother, your grandmother, your five-year-old cousin, you know. Yeah. They don't need to know coding. Infants. They don't literally watch oh, yeah. infants with an iPad. Oh, have you ever seen? I, I was in the Apple Store once, and there was just a three-year-old kid sitting on one of the tables with an iPad in his yeah. hand. Most natural thing in the world. Knew yeah. exactly what he was doing because it's very intuitive. Exactly. If there's something you want to do with your Mac that it'll do, like you know, because there, there are certain things that people complain about. Oh, you can't change this. You can't change that. Yeah, because it works. But if you want to do something, think where's the place that it would make sense for that thing to be? It's going to be there. Yeah. And it's going to work exactly the way you'd expect it to work. There's no drop-down menus. There's no, you know, and there are drop-down yeah. menus. But there are very few drop-down menus. There are very few, you know, all those little things that frustrate people to no end, even when their PC is working, you know, just remembering and, and how to do whatever. And that's one of the things that the couple times I've had people come to me like, do you know anything about Macs and can you help me with them? I've been able to fiddle around because... You know, I've I've experienced with PCs, and I don't say it's a step down, but it's simplified in everything they do, so it's not hard to figure out a lot of the steps in that. Well, I mean, it's even like when, and people will use this both as a pro and anti-Apple thing, but when they were first putting out the mouse, when they developed the mouse, and I guess it was IBM and them kind of co-developing, who owns what and who did what first and who stole what from whom gets very confusing, and the legal stories behind it are actually very interesting, but... The whole thing was people wanted to add that second button to the mouse, and Steve Jobs said, no, everything you should want to be able to do should be accessible from one click of the mouse. You don't need any of these menus, you don't need this. If, if If you wanted to be able to do it, you should be able to do it in a single click. That was his idea. Now, obviously, you can right click on a Mac, even though people say you can't, you can, there's seven different ways I can right click on my Mac. Um, I think I have about two of them turned on, because it's simpler for me to remember which ones are which. But it's still very much built on that philosophy of just, if you want to do it, boom, there's the button you want to do it, you know. Yeah. 
And and let me say for me, and maybe, and it sounds like I'm some like super pro Apple person. It's more that I just really was frustrated for my 20 years of using PCs, and anything else is wonderful. <laughs> See, I haven't I haven't reached that point honestly, you and, know? and I can respect that. Yeah, and, and let me say. I, I understand that a lot of the ease of use and the simplicity, especially having an iPad, and you know I go back and forth. Like I, I have a I have a cheap laptop that I use, but I also have the, the Fire Starter. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that one was an expensive laptop that I don't really use anymore and sits in a bag because it might start a fire. <laughs> because it might start a fire. Now, granted, the thing is almost ten years old at this point and about thirty pounds. It is very heavy, and part of that's because the two fans I have to bring everywhere with it. But and the ice pack, yeah, and Jack Frost. <laughs> it really has just become a desktop that's slightly more portable. It's a desktop with an entourage. <laughs> exactly, it is. It's Marky Mark of laptops. Uh, <laughs> so you know, I it's not that one. It's it's just a cheap one. It plays StarCraft. It does those things. Uh, but I also have my iPad, and I usually, you know, don't carry the iPad because obviously you can't play StarCraft, you know, on your iPad unless you like remote controlled your computer from home, which would be a really yeah, you do that, which would be a really convoluted way of doing it. But that would be the Just only screen way. spoofing, basically. Yeah, exactly. Or, or remote desktop viewing. You know, you can play XCOM though. That's true. Actually, I do have that. That is actually or Kotor. I haven't played that one. Um, I just love KOTOR. And when they announced they were bringing that to iPad, I was like, really? That's awesome. Or Bioshock now. Which I haven't looked into. I heard about, but I didn't check out. So I I gotta check that out. Let me say, XCOM is better on the iPad than it is on the computer. I could buy that. Simply because you feel like a Battlefield commander. Did we talk about this once before? I don't know. I agree with you either When you flip and rotate that... When you're, like, directing people with clicks, you feel like a futuristic, like, war commander. Well, part of that beautiful. is the, the eye patch you insist on wearing. Well, yeah, well, you know, whatever. But uh, And the captain's hat. The, you know, it's... Which it, you do have. You have to... Okay, maybe... No, I gave that away. I gave that away, and that was for the riverboat captain for a poker contest, or a poker game one night. Um, it doesn't make it any less stupid. Yeah, it doesn't make it any less stupid. Anyway... Arguably, um, it makes it more stupid. Yeah. So... Let me say, I've played strategy games on the iPad before. Like, one of the early ones was uh, Red Alert 3, which didn't go over too well, but they really hit the nail on the head with XCOM, and just, it feels cool. And being able to, just as a, like a, a turn of your fingers, you can rotate the whole battlefield, look at it from different angles. They really nailed, nailed that uh, really well. But anyway, going back to the whole laptop thing, you know... I, you get a discount working there. You know, every store you get a discount. And down the road, I might buy a, uh, uh, what is it, MacBook? You know, I might buy a Pro. Air? Air Pro. You know, we'll see how it goes. Not because, you know, it's like, this is the best product. Because, you know, one, I want to better acquaint myself with the oh, yeah, product sure. and everything. But two, you know, it's kind of also gotten to a point where the games that I need a laptop for, ones that I'm going to travel and see my friends, are all on, you know, Apple at this point. Your League of Legends, your StarCraft, things like that, are all, you know, games you can now download on Apple. Blizzard, so, Blizzard saw the future coming and didn't run from it. Yeah, well, Blizzard is just best, but, and money draining. So <laughs> they, they saw, I should say, take that back, they saw the future of money yes. and they didn't run <laughs> it, from it. Exactly, exactly. So I'm not sold out yet on the product, which very might well change as I go through training and everything. Yeah, because you have like pretty much zero OSX experience. Exactly. But we'll, we'll, we'll acquaint you. 
Yeah, you'll it'll, learn me. It'll take all the five. You'll minutes. learn me good. It'll take all the five ten minutes. Exactly, and that's going to be my job is basically walking people through that, the basic experience. You know, they do workshops and seminars every once in a while of learning different things. So, they they have it's very interesting. Their style of leadership is very horizontal. You know, not very hierarchy, which is something I'm a lot more used to with all the volunteering I've done. You know, when you're out working with kids, working with the homeless, there is a structure and people you look to, but overall, it's, you know, you're all doing the same thing, you just have different positions. And so it's a structure that I'm, I'm more familiar with and very much can get behind. But yeah, you have, you, they, everything has a name. So genius, creative, specialist, everyone has a, like, little niche. It's interesting. So, yeah. But that's all I've got to say about Apple. I'm cool. excited. So Doctor Who, Avengers, and Apple. Yep. And Pierce is not a genius. Pierce <laughs> is not a genius. <laughs> All right. I think that wraps it up for this week's episode. I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at jordan at legionofdudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N. Or you can leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830. And just let us know that you're leaving it for Jersey Shore. You can follow me on Twitter at JordanFRNJersey. And iTunes ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to check out hhwlod.com for lots of great content just like it.